right. Welcome, everybody, to Capital Wasteland, a Mind of Sanity hosted podcast where we talk about fun stuff. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, you are very excited. You've been like amped up for this for a while now. Okay, here's the thing. I do not have a lot to bring to the conversation when it comes to the environmental stuff. I have next to no hope that we're actually going to fix anything. And namely, the subject we're talking about today is a major reason I have that uh, view. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to add to this conversation. But when we start talking about corporate propaganda, I have stuff to say. <laughs> You're, like, you're very good for anti-capitalism and uh, history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, no, this is this is a, one of the few so topics that I'm actually genuinely pretty stoked for. So, cool. Yeah. So, what's the topic? Corporate propaganda. Boop, boop. It seems like the perfect um, continuation after greenwashing is propaganda because yeah. greenwashing, I think, is one thing, and I think blatant lies and propaganda are a huge other one. Yeah, they're tied together. I feel like greenwashing is like part of propaganda, but propaganda is a bigger wheel. Okay. So I have a question, Lena. Okay. Have you ever heard the names David and Charles Koch? Only a little bit. Like, to be honest, I never really knew much about who they were, but I, I have memories of like watching PBS as a kid and stuff like that. And they would be like, sponsored by and it would be one of the Koch brothers or something yeah um so like that's like where I I kind of knew the name I was like oh they sponsor PBS <laughs> and then like as, as I I learned a little bit more I knew that that they were definitely tied in negative ways to the um to the environment but I haven't really heard like much of like a full blanket statement other than they did bad stuff <laughs> they sell oil there we go. <laughs> um, but not only do they sell oil, the Coke, uh, Coke Industries is the name of their company. They have a lot of subsidiaries, but for context, I am not going to talk about every one of them. I'm going to, if I mention anything, it will be the Coke brothers, because oftentimes it is them themselves, the, the two brothers, technically there for, uh, but two of them don't matter. Um, <laughs> generally, they don't. They got kicked In out of the company. In this context, so least, It's a whole yeah. thing. Um, no, just, like if you're talking about the Koch brothers, when you talk about the Koch brothers, you're talking about David and Charles. Yeah. Um, I only know that one of their other names It's Fred, the name back for their father. He's the oldest and I cannot remember who the fourth one is. Uh, but they were in legislation against each other for like 20 fucking years, uh, because Charles essentially pushed out Fred. It was a whole thing. Uh, anyway, not important. Uh, so, but for context, we're going to be saying a lot of Koch brothers or Koch industries. They are basically interchangeable. Um, because Coke brothers often do things or Coke industries will be the things we're talking about. And at the end of the day that both of them, of course, are answered to the Coke brothers, Charles and David. So starting off small with the Coke brothers, they have, I want to hear some of your reactions actually <laughs> to some of their claims. Um, <laughs> Helena, this is a claim of the Koch brothers. Oh, gosh. Climate change will be good for farmers. What? What do you mean? Are you saying it won't be good for farmers? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It turns out increased temperature decreases, decreases crop yields uh, and disrupts harvesting schedules. No way. And, like, here's the thing. I know actually a little bit about that, weirdly enough, because of my love of hot food. Because I know a lot about hot peppers and how to grow them. I was trying to feel like, what are you talking about with hot food? Well, that's like, me. yeah, like, so uh, in order to grow, like, certain peppers, most hot peppers, the soil has to be a certain temperature. If it's too cold, they won't grow because they are they need heat, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is interesting in another idea. Um, but, yeah, uh, I can definitely see why changing temperature would affect that. And just from my view, my, my knowledge, very little knowledge at that of peppers, I can be like, yeah, no, that, that even Makes just sense. when you break it down to like the, I guess, water expenses necessary. Like if yeah. you have a lot of fields that are drying up, that's going to be way We're, more funny you mention that. So yeah, that's definitely false. Uh, <laughs> but let's see what else could possibly do it. Yes. I think the very obvious one is increased droughts can cause numerous issues yeah. with farmers. But also, under, you know, I you can back me up here. 
climate change isn't just going to cause droughts. It's going to cause rain in other places. Yeah, it's going to cause fucking severe, water. Yeah. Here's the thing. Too much rain. Also bad for who? Farmers. Yep. Yeah. So they're, they're two for two of false. <laughs> um, oh, and, you know, of course, extreme weather events are going to become more common. And who is that really bad yeah. for? Farmers. Exactly. Uh, it damages crops, infrastructure, and harms their livestock. Um, what? Here's one of my favorite. Uh, formaldehyde, Helena, does not cause cancer. Okay. <laughs> that is a claim of the Koch brothers. Uh, it um, depends on who you ask. Uh, if you ask the EPA, they're like, we've seen the evidence. We're not conclusive. If you ask anyone else on the planet, including the International Agency for Research on fucking cancer, guess what they classify it as? <laughs> Group one, uh, cancinogen, uh, which, by the way, I'm not going to lie, I had to look up what the fuck a cancinogen is. Turns out, something that causes cancer. Yeah. And the lower the number, as in group fucking one, the worse it gets. One is the fucking lowest. It is not just rated on their list. It's in the group that's number one. Yeah. But is... no, it doesn't cause cancer. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, I want to also point out um, the EPA, I did throw them under the bus, but not everyone is like the EPA. The National Institute of Health also says it causes cancer. <laughs> uh, oh, and one other fact for you, the National Institute of Health has mentioned multiple times and has been urging the EPA to have a better stance on formaldehyde mm -hmm. because it causes cancer. And that's where it kind of sucks, because depending on who is placed in power and by who within the EPA... You can see very, I guess, frustrating restrictions put on or not put on to certain things. Like one example, so this is a slight tangent, um, is, uh... crap, my mind just went blank. Don't worry. I think we're going to talk about it. Don't worry. We'll get there. Promise. About um... the guy who you hate from the EPA, the one that Trump put in charge. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We're going to talk about him. Just give me five minutes. Yeah, but there's a specific chemical um, which should only be consumed in tiny, tiny, tiny... Oh, PFAs. Yeah. PFAs. PFAs should only PFA be... PFA stands for? Oh, gosh. It's like polyfluoroalkyls. Can you explain at least what PFA is if you can't <laughs> pronounce it? It's um, a category of essentially like flame retardant materials. Um, okay. They are often used for things like nonstick coatings, unfortunately some things like makeup and stuff like that in order to give it kind of waterproofing stuff. If anyone's used Scotchgard, like I have memories of spraying Scotchgard on my shoes when I was younger because it was like, you know, helped keep them cleaner and waterproof them a little bit and stuff. That was PFAs. <laughs> um, and it's very, 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 like they're, they're increasingly finding that it is not a healthy thing. It causes cancer among other kinds of problems. And um, that makes sense. It's, it's just honestly not good, but the problem is it doesn't break down in the environment. It keeps like accumulating, like it's like a bioaccumulating um, chemical. Yeah. So it just, it stays freaking forever. That's why they're sometimes called the forever chemicals. Got it. Um, but when what's his face was, you know, head of the EPA, we'll get there. They did put down restrictions on PFAs, but this restriction was way, way, way higher than any of the, Science we'll get there. recommended. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not going to talk a lot about him, but he's going to be mentioned. So, um, Charles Koch. Uh, he's known as kind of the mastermind of a lot of things when it comes to it, where David is a lot more um, public eye kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, David, to me, clearly has like the charisma that Charles just doesn't have uh, because he's evil. Um, <laughs> not that David's not evil. Uh, but anyway, Charles Koch claimed the EPA commended him for his company's commitment for cleaner environment. Uh, so I will look into this a little bit. Turns out, yes, they did. For one thing, his one of his subsidiaries did. They were like, good job. That, that, <laughs> that would be really great if what you have done with this, you guys have done, we could be put to everyone. That would be great. Again, this is one teeny tiny uh, yeah. subsidiary of Coke But Industries. they probably were like, hey, this is great. Like, hey, they, they endorse us. They did. But I want to point out, um, 
How much do you think the EPA actually likes the Koch brothers? Oh, probably not at all. Because they uh, they have a ranking um, of who the most air pollutants are. Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah. Turns out Coke Industries is number 13. Only 13? The fact you got... <laughs> hold, yeah. hold on. Only 13... I feel like they should be number one for the amount of things they've done. So, moving on. Um, the Coke family... This is actually what I'm talking about. The Coke family spent... How much money do you think? A lot? Like $100,000? You think they spent that? On what? On propaganda. Oh, probably in the millions at least. So uh, from the years of 1997 to 2018, they spent $145,555,197. That is very precise. Yes. Uh, Directly financing 90 groups that their, their jobs essentially were to attack climate change science, and policies. Half of that, about $67 million, was done just between the years of 2014 and 2018. Half, 1997 to 2018, is 21 years. Half of that came in, la- in four of the last years that that was the study. Was but that sent me a bit down a rabbit hole. I thought that that was kind of enough. But in my search for that, I actually happened to find a list of the names of those institutes and organizations that they were funding, which came really interesting in my next line of um, search, because I was going to start, I wanted to go over the uh, the propaganda of climate change scientists uh, that they're pushing, the anti-climate change. Uh, The problem is, most of them, in fact, of all the ones I'm about to mention, only one of which is a climate change scientist and another one closest we get to is a meteorologist. No one else on this list is an actual scientist, yeah. except for one. He's a physicist, and we'll get to him. But, uh, so, let's see. So, first up, we have Roy Spencer. He's the meteorologist. Uh, and while not directly tied to any of these organizations, he has spoken to uh, or for many of them as a guest speaker. Uh, example being uh, the Heritage Foundation or the CO2 Coalition, um, among others. Uh, and all of them, uh, those two at least, and a bunch more, mm-hmm. were all organizations funded by... Coke Brothers. And again, I wasn't looking for this info. I want to specify. I was just looking at the climate change scientists, and I had already read the list, or at least skimmed the list. Yeah. And when I was looking at these lists of quote-unquote scientists, or basically they're just climate change deniers, really, mm-hmm. I started seeing multiple, like, had like the, you know, uh, the one of the ones we're going to hear a lot about is CEI. CEI, CEI, CEI. Every, like, all the time. I'm like, wait, all these people, like I think it was like half of them, have direct ties to one organization, and that organization was funded by the Co Brothers. How deep does this shit go? Pretty fucking deep. So that was Roy Spencer, Christopher Mockton. He is not a scientist. He is a journalist, uh, and he is a policy advisor for Heartland Institute. Heartland Institute is really interesting. You know who funds them? I'm guessing the Koch Brothers. The Koch Brothers. Patrick Michaels, he is a climatologist. He's the only person to actually study climate change in any way or climate, you know, that's mm-hmm. his job description. Uh, yeah, he is uh, been part of the Cato Institute as well as CEI, which stands for Competitive Enterprise Institute. You want to know what those two companies have in common? I'll give you a hint. They're funded by the same people as the Heartland Institute. Stephen uh, Malloy. Has ties to CEI. And your favorite EPA leader ever, Myron Abel, CEI. Uh, I also just want to point out, CEI also uh, was backed by the Murray Energy uh, Corporation. Okay. They're a coal mining group. Oh, lovely. Uh, But anyway, continuing, Chris Horner. What group do you think he's a part of? CEI? You're right. Uh, Mark Morano. Mark Morano might be my favorite of these because he he put, talked a lot of shit about uh, what's her name, Swedish girl. I think she's from Sweden. She's not from Sweden. 
Are you talking about Greta, Greta Thunberg? Thunberg? Yeah, <laughs> Greta Thunberg. And you know what he's in? You know what the article to like disprove what she had to say was mostly about? What? Her autism. Of course. Yeah, piece of shit. But anyway, he's the founder of something called Climate Depot. And if you're thinking this is pro-climate, you're wrong. Um, they're actually a project of CFACT, uh, which is the Committee for Constructive uh, for a Constructive Tomorrow. I always forget the A when I say it out loud. Uh, yeah, guess who uh, Guess who funds CFACT? <laughs> That's right. Code Brothers. So let's let's go into this. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I do not know if I'm going to pronounce this man's name right. And honestly, don't give a shit. Senator Jim Inahofo, or Ina, Inahofe. And I don't know. Maybe he was just Inahofe. I have no idea. Jim <laughs> Inahofe, Republican. Um, so... A lot of uh, National Rifle Association um, and a bunch of others were all packs of hit. Like, they donated to his campaign. Okay. And they all donated, which, uh, the average was about 50000 uh, A couple 51s, a couple, fi- uh, I think one fifty, and someone was like $54,000 to campaign. Um, but do you want to know who his largest campaign was from? Contributor? Oh, god! It wasn't from a, a company. Because that, that would be weird if he was but getting stuff directly brothers. from Coke Industries. <laughs> However, he was getting it from Charles Coke. And a little bit from David, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, so, so far, we're like, what, five in and all five of them have ties to the Coke Brothers? So, such a weird coincidence. <laughs> anyway, this one, this one can't be, right? Bjorn Lumberg. Bjorn Lumberg, you might have heard of. He's a big climate change denier. And he's like, uh, he's from Denmark. There's no way he could have ties to an American oil tycoon. Right? Right? All right, let's continue. So, um, the CCC, or Copenhagen Consensus Center, he actually got, because of his constant talking about climate change from them, he got $700,000. Do you know how CCC made its first $120,000? The first year uh, it it came about, right? Uh, it only made $120,000 in donations. Do you okay. want to know who that was from? Who? The Coke industry. Of course. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Technically, it's from the Randolph Foundation. What? The Randolph Foundation doesn't have ties to Coke Brothers, right? Of course it does. Its director is Heather Higgins. She's the, uh, she was the chairman. Uh, she's now the president. Um, I'm sorry. She's the president of their of the Randolph Foundation, I believe. Uh, I think that's what I was reading. Uh, she used to be their director. She's now their president. Uh, she's also the chairman of Independent Women's Forum, which is funded by the Coke Brothers. Of course. <laughs> We're on a roll. Uh, so, let's see. Matt Ridley is actually the only person I could not find with a direct connection to the Coke Brothers. But don't worry, there's still a connection. So while I, I couldn't find anywhere he was talking to people that um, was that were funded by or anything like that, I also think he's from the UK. Uh, I don't remember. But do you know what book or books are on Mr. Charles Koch's donor reading list? Or it's a reading list he has for donors. Okay. Matt Ridley's books. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. So... Those, that's like the 10 of the most um, prominent climate change deniers, and they all have ties to Coke Industries or the Coke Brothers. Yeah. And that's already what the fuck. <laughs> uh, but I decided to look into a couple other things. Uh, and one of the things I found were their state centers are, were uh, basically accusing certain companies of blocking climate change action. Those companies are Coke Industries, CEI, American Legislative Exchange Council, and the Heartland Institute, Peabody Energy, and ExxonMobil. So tracking Peabody Energy and ExxonMobil for the moment, we're going to get to them. But just taking those away for a moment, do you know what the first four com- uh, organizations? We've already gone over them. You've already heard yeah, their name. Yeah, I was going to say. And they're either they are the Coke Industries or they are directly funded by the Coke Industries. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, however, Peabody Energy, uh, let's see, there's a little bit in my notes here about them. 
So they uh, funded the Institute of Energy Research, the Committee for uh, Constructive Tomorrow, Center for the Study of Carbon and Global uh, Change, as well as funded Roy Spencer. And you might have recognized some of those names because they are also funded by the Koch brothers. But ExxonMobil really is interesting for me. Uh, they funded Willie Soon, who's another climate change denier, uh, with a total of $1.25 million. Jeez. They paid a dude just to talk shit about climate change over a million dollars. Must mean it was profitable for them. Yeah. So, and I know this is something you really want to talk, excuse me, uh, want to talk about. California is currently suing five companies. Mm-hmm. This is something I looked up today. I wouldn't know what companies those were. And I found out something really interesting. Um, the names of these companies are British Petroleum. Uh, most likely, if they're specifically suing the U.S. version of the company, it will be BP uh, America Incorporated, uh, unless they're actually suing the U.K. company as well, which I think they should. But legal things. Yeah. But either way, British Petroleum is one of them. ExxonMobil is another. Chevron, Shell, and ConocoPhillips. You know what all five of those companies have in common? I'm guessing something with the Koch brothers. <laughs> you guessed it. They are all a part of the American Petroleum Institute. The American Petroleum Institute is funded by... Koch brothers. Coke Industries. Oh, jeez. Yep. Um, yeah, so you think I'm joking. Like, like if you think I'm, this is like a stretch of the imagination, it's not. And how can you tell? Because there's this thing called the Coke Network, which is essentially a network of oil companies and climate change deniers. It has its own name. Yeah, it's called intense. Coctopus. Uh, okay. Like octopus, but with Coke instead of oct. Coctopus. <laughs> I, I, I'm not fucking kidding. I wish I was kidding. Um, yeah, it's called uh, Coctopus, and literally, it's literally the Coke Brothers network of propaganda and oil companies. Oh my gosh. Um, and this isn't related. I just want to really iterate how awful the Coke family is, you know? And that's their father, Fred Coke, cannot be called a Nazi. No one can make that claim. But he did sell the Nazis a shit ton of oil during the thing. And it was literally just to make money. He saw it as a moneymaker, even as they invaded all the countries of Europe, this motherfucker was like, I can make some money off this shit. Um, And if that wasn't bad enough, uh, Charles Koch, and I believe David, uh, had a nanny hired by their father, who was a Nazi. She loved Hitler. Not saying that this is a weird (laughs) coincidence, but it is. I only have one more thing to say. saying it's okay to punch Nazis. Oh, it's 100% okay to punch Nazis. Like, Even if they're old names. Fucking punch her twice. She's probably part of shit. Nah, so the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to the Koch brothers is Berkeley Earth. Uh, Berkeley Earth, we've actually mentioned before. Berkeley Earth is uh, a research project that was funded by, uh, among others, the Koch brothers. They were like the head of this. Like They wanted this done. And the guy who was in charge of the research is a physicist by the name of Richard Mueller. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. It's either Mueller or Mueller. I I don't know. Uh, But Richard has come out and stated something that I find really interesting. Uh, First off, when he did the study, he was like, color me. uh, Like, I didn't think climate change was actually happening, but it definitely is happening. I don't know if it's human-made or anything, but it's definitely happening. Yeah. Well, three years later, he came out and said, I was wrong. Climate change is 100% happening, and it's mostly entirely, almost entirely due to humans. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, the Koch brothers funded this man's research, and he was even like, "Uh, nope, sorry, we're the problem. Um, So, yeah, that is the Koch brothers um, in a nutshell, and... I, I'm sure there's more. This is only a couple of hours of research, honestly. And, like, genuinely, like, the, the fucking fingers and pies, like, and they're, it, it's fucking crazy. Um, you can actually almost tie them directly to right-wing extremism. 
um, and shit like that. For example, they did not like Ronald Reagan, particularly Charles. Who's they? Uh, Charles and David. Okay. Uh, they did not like Ronald Reagan uh, for president. I'm not saying they disliked him as a person. Do you want to know why they didn't like Ronald Reagan? Why? He wasn't right-wing enough for them. Oh, jeez. They thought he was uh, going to cave on certain things, namely climate change things. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense when you realize Ronald Reagan did not cave on climate change things. I feel like you're really looking forward well, to that I'm episode. So <laughs> the Reagan episode is going to be so fucking fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, that is my bit on the Koch brothers. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really good intro considering it led directly to yeah. British Petroleum, Exxon, Chevron, Shell, and one I've actually never heard of, which was the token on Phillips. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. And I think the interesting thing part two is you mentioned all of these scientists and stuff and all these places that have been funded by them. So it's like, okay, well, they're being funded by them. What does that have to do with propaganda? Except for the fact that they're kind of climate change deniers. Yeah. But the way that um, they have managed to kind of. Also, I want to point out only of all the people on here that I mentioned, Richard Mueller is a physicist. Mm -hmm. Roy Spencer is a a meteorologist and what was his name i forgot his name um got the journalist guy and mm -hmm. oh yeah patrick michaels patrick michaels is a climatologist mm -hmm. they're the only scientists of everyone i mentioned others are political commentators yeah. political political scientists and that's, that's the thing is like thing. even as scientists doesn't necessarily mean that they have done actual research of their own on Climate-based things. Yeah. Um, except maybe the climate. Except maybe the climate. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing there is um, one of the things which, especially like the gas and oil companies and the Koch brothers apparently have really tried to do in order to kind of undermine the idea of climate change is bring in this idea that there is another side. So it's not just, okay, let's hear what the climate scientists say. It's okay. Well, here's our other side too. And when you bring in someone who has so much money like the Koch brothers, they also are going to have some kind of fingers in the pie when it comes to the media. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. But since you brought it up, um, Koch brothers and multiple people I just mentioned are part of the Council of uh, Foreign Affairs or Foreign something or other. Uh, it's if you want to know what they're like, they are essentially like some people think of like a much lesser version than the mm -hmm. conspiracy theory about the Illuminati. These are men and this is a real council that really does exist. And uh, you have no say on who is on this council, uh, but multiple presidents, multiple, like pretty much every state, uh, state of uh, uh, chief of staff, like tons of people in the government have all come from this area. And they are, the, this council essentially has two parts are two ideas of where people are from mm -hmm. media and um, politics and business. And it, it basically they are, they mostly go over foreign affairs and stuff like that. Um, it, it's, it's really fucking strange when you start looking into it, but yeah, they definitely have ties to the media and it's, it's, it's intense. Yeah. It's also <laughs> like conspiracy theory, like, area because you when you read it like and you're reading things like no this actually happened but it sounds like a conspiracy theory yeah and that is really hard i think at least for me to swallow because like i love conspiracy theories but they're silly no one would actually do these things and then you realize oh no no they definitely <laughs> would actually do these things exactly so that's part of where having i guess um climate deniers comes in in particular is that it has created this concept like well, they're still working on, like, trying to undermine client science as a whole. If they undermine public perception by saying, no, there is another side. And this is the other side. And it's all bullshit, you know? Like, that is another way that they are kind of using their propaganda, you know? Um, it's another way of undermining. And interesting enough, um, ExxonMobil is, again, one of the big companies that's going to get sued, well, is being sued by California. Mm -hmm. And um, they have records of like, you know, you can find memos and all kinds of stuff. Like so a lot of places did like really in-depth investigations of this. But 
especially places like Exxon, have known since at least the 70s that climate change would happen. And their models were accurate. They knew everything that was going to happen to the point to where they have done things like plan specific pipeline projects, taking into account certain measures that would, um, I guess, protect the pipeline once things like permafrost starts melting and things like that. Um, so like wait, they, wait. they planned around it. Wait, they planned <laughs> around the shit they were doing to the environment? Yeah, exactly. And then if you also think about like all the, um, like, I guess, expeditions to like the Arctic and stuff, trying to find new oil reserves, which will happen when? When things melt more, that they can access them more. Like that's why they're often like ahead of the game in some of these things, you know? Um, so like they, they've known for a very, very long time. And their technique, I guess, for handling the situation has been a lot like the tobacco industry. Do you want to give people kind of a fill-in on what the tobacco industry was like, since you're such a history nerd? (laughs) Oh, my God. The tobacco industry is one of the most fascinating times of American history. Because um, at first, we didn't know anything about tobacco and what it could do to people. Um, And, of course, tobacco industry is garbage what they what they put in the is more than just tobacco yeah and tobacco by itself isn't particularly great for you but it's been used by the world over um and without any real issues but then when you start adding rat poison and tar and everything else that's in cigarettes you get a major problem yeah so if you you can easily go to YouTube and find old commercials of teenagers smoking cigarettes in commercials for tobacco stuff. Mm-hmm. They were really selling it like it's the cool thing to do. It's so wonderful. In fact, there's actually a really great commercial um, from uh, I forgot what they're called, but they're this anti-cigarette uh, thing, uh, which we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, of this very much a, she looks like she's straight out of the 20s, like that style of like yeah. clothing, bedazzly, dressy thing. <laughs> bedazzly. I don't know how to put it. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. the, like a, almost like a showgirl almost. Yeah. Uh, or a cabaret singer, very much a cabaret singer. Um, and she's like smoking and then like this cowboy comes and he's smoking and it shows this guy that who's been smoking for seven years and he's got like this tube in his neck and all this shit. The funny thing is, that's not actually far from the truth of their commercials back in the 50s and 60s and beyond, and before that. Um, but it turned out that the tobacco companies were well aware that their shit was mm-hmm. literally poison and actively tried to hide that fact to make more money. Um, and I think what I think is really, really funny is that commercial that I mentioned, or the organization, I can't remember, Um those commercials, when you see them, are funded by only one place. Okay. Cigarette companies. They're the ones who are required to either put the ingredient list on cigarettes, and if they did that, no one would ever smoke again. Because <laughs> genuinely, the things in that are fascinating, uh, for one. Um, but also, they have to, or if they either do that or they pay, basically putting out ads that are like, hey, don't smoke our shit. Yeah. It's bad. Um, a lot of those commercials that you see are actually funded by cigarette yeah. companies, including there's a very famous one from when I was younger where it's like a bunch of people, like, I think it's like 2,000 or I don't know, it's, it's thousands of people. And they were standing in front of a cigarette company, right? And they're like, hey, every day this many people dies because of your product. Yeah. And they all just drop to the ground and lay in the streets. And that people are watching like this is nuts. And it's right in front of an actual tobacco company. Funny fact for you, that tobacco company paid for the ad. Yeah, exactly. Um, but before then, it was often a case where they would be like, oh, shit. They're, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. They like actively promote things which say the opposite. And that's Actually, you exactly... want to another fun fact for cigarette companies? Just talking more about corporate propaganda that really bothers the shit out of me. Um, do you know what they did? What? A bunch of them, I don't know about all of them, but the, the industry itself essentially decided they were going to add more nicotine to their cigarettes. You know what that does? Makes them more addicting. It, so how nicotine works is you build up a tolerance to it and it gives you like a sort of body high, right? That's why so many people smoke cigarettes and why it's a stress reliever. Problem is 
nicotine builds up in the body and the tolerance you need more and more and more. Okay. And the more your tolerance is built up, the harder it becomes to quit. So by adding more nicotine, they're forcing that tolerance to go even higher. So you cannot quit. Jeez. Yeah. Like, and in a way, I guess that's how you could also say that the gas industry has, because at this point, like a lot of our society is based off of, we need fuels. You know, we don't have a quick instant replacement. Oh my God. American Petroleum Institute. I was on their website today. And actually it's funny that you mentioned that. So it actually says that the world runs on uh, fuel. Or yeah. The world, sorry. The world runs on energy. <laughs> they're very particular on how they're putting their shit. Exactly. And um, it, it all it just ties back into they're doing exactly what the tobacco industry did, which was deny, 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 kind of oh, feed yeah. the machine, say, no, it's not like and actively fight the idea. And um, like I said, you can find memos and all kinds of stuff that have proven this. And like we have evidence that they for sure did. And their their models were accurate. They knew what was going to happen. It's just, by the way, this doesn't also surprise me about Exxon. You know who, what Exxon is, right? What? Exxon is a direct descendant of the Rockefeller Oil Company. Is it? Yep. Snap. It's like one of the few remaining. Yeah. But anyways, if I remember it, in one of their memos, it specifically mentioned trying to undermine public perception of the um, of climate change. I believe they did some kind of... Um, I want to say it was some kind of study, like a kind of like a marketplace study kind of thing where they, you know, dug into like the audience and all kinds of stuff. And they found that, you know, if they undermined public perception enough, then a lot less would happen in terms of um, legislation for greener energies and whatnot. So there was a specific like, like line, you know, and um, what they what they would do is, you know, they would start bringing in like, no, you know, th this is the other side. They would, they did active campaigns and a lot of like newspaper articles, like a bunch of op-eds, a bunch of advertisements, basically all saying like climate change is a lie. <laughs> you know, there it's, it's all bull crap. They're scaring our kids. The My world runs on it. We're going to lose jobs over this. America needs this. See, it's actually like, even more than that because it's, one of my the parts that I find interesting about this idea is, well, this is going to sound weird, but it's a lot like homosexuality to me. So like people will like used to be like, oh, it's, you know, it's a choice or I'm sorry, it's a mental disorder. Right. And then people who knew what they were talking about were like, mm, no, it's not. <laughs> um, it's definitely not a mental disorder. You're just dumb. <laughs> um, and people were like, okay, it's not a mental disorder. It's a choice. And it's like, no, no, definitely not a choice. Um, I, no, it's, it, it's not a choice. And like certain organizations are at the point where like, well, it's still wrong. <laughs> they have like literally no leg to stand on, but uh, besides Jesus, which by the way, Jesus didn't say anything. Um, but it, it's always that like that bridge. You're like, well, if it's not that, then it's this. Yeah. And it's like, so you were wrong about that. Someone proved you wrong, so without evidence, you're going to say this. I mean, it's a lot like that. It's, just, it's not just that they're saying climate change is, is, isn't real. Before that, they, they're also saying that, no, it's good. Global warming is good for the mm -hmm. world. Climate change is good, but it's fucking not. <laughs> exactly. Well, it is, a little bit. It will destroy the humans, and the humans will no longer <laughs> be the parasites that they are. Like the Koch brothers, the two largest parasites I know of. Yeah. And often what they try to do is they often try to also kind of pit people against environmentalists by portraying them as the ones who are going to be destroying jobs and towns and all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, we, we've mentioned before, we live in Oregon. And here, if you talk to anyone who's been here for a while in particular, you're going to hear complaints about environmentalists in particular because the of tree huggers and the trees and the <laughs> timber industry it ruined everything. Exactly. Which cause, I find hilarious. Yeah, because basically they had to put restrictions in place because owls were dying. And it's an owl which is very essential for keeping a lot of other species going. It's a keystone species. So, um... Wait, is that why it's called the Keystone Pipeline? What? I don't know why they named it that, but... What's like, Keystone Species then? Um, a... It's like a Keystone Species. Uh, so, okay. 
So when you look at architecture, there you can have an arch. If you stack stones on either side, there's going to be that one in the middle that holds it all together, right? Yeah. If you take out the one in the middle, it all collapses. That is basically what a keystone species is. A keystone species is um, basically a species where it's a good marker for the general health of kind of the rest of it. Either it has a strong impact on the local ecosystems or its health tells us kind of how a lot of the rest of the health of the forest or whatever it might be is doing. So they're very essential species in that way. And this owl was put down as one. So they're like, hey, we got to protect this. We got to do it now. And um, if you like, if you talk to anyone in the area, it's so stupid environmentalists and those stupid owls. So-and-so lost their job because of an owl. Like they very much get super angry about it. And they complain about all the money that's left the area. Exactly. What the actual problem was, was things were kind of becoming more mechanical. People were losing jobs because the workplace was evolving. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, that that might have had a slight impact. I will say that, but you mean the, the environmentalists, owl thing or the machinery. No, the the environmental thing. Most of it was due to it kind of modernizing. Yeah. But environmentalists became the scapegoat scapegoat for everyone losing their jobs. This is also like I want to point out we're also like glossing over a bunch <laughs> of other shit. Yeah. Like how they were planting trees so close together. So they can make more money when they would grow yeah. and it destroyed the soil and destroyed a lot There's of shit. There's a lot of things, but the point is the environmentals <laughs> became the scapegoat. Yeah. And that's kind of another way in which they try to like undermine the idea of like climate sciences is that this idea that, you know, if we do what they're saying, people are going to lose their jobs. We're going to run out of money. We need this to function as a society. You know, they kind of try to portray them as the, they one sweeping in and being like, no, we're going to help save you and bring food to your table, you know? And in reality, they are kind of doing the opposite. No, they genuinely are. Like, think about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like the thing I said earlier with the whole like um, climate change being good for uh, farmers. Mm-hmm. The thing is, do you know who's not going to be affected by that in any way? The Koch brothers. Yeah. The Koch brothers aren't going to be affected if suddenly food is incredibly scarce. And when I say scarce, I just mean the prices are insanely high. Yeah. Because no one can, like, you can, the harvest was so much smaller. You need to make that money. You can hopefully make another yield a little bit better. Who doesn't get affected by that? The rich. So what I'm saying is when we're out of things to eat, eat the rich. By the way, fun (laughs) factory, that's actually the, uh, where the saying comes from uh, it's and, from a poem yeah and it's like a more direct e- example it's not tied to the oil industry but like another example of someone who's been kind of scapegoated and kind of shamed is um the author of silent springs i always feel bad because i can never remember her name i think her last name's carson but um she put together this amazing book where she was basically talking about how the use of a specific pesticide was causing songbirds to die. That's why it's called silent Springs. Right. And um, eventually, you know, a lot of things did happen in terms of like legislation, but people got really pissed off and they were basically saying like, just kind of like smearing her public image by saying she's the reason people are dying of malaria. When it's still allowed to be used to help with things like malaria. <laughs> That's but, aggressive exactly, but, but they were literally saying, like, because that we did all the stuff, because she wrote that book and became so popular, people are dying because of her. <laughs> you know? And it's like, um, no, that's not the case. <laughs> like, like, literally, I read an article where someone was talking about how when they were younger, like, they would... They'd go on jogs because they like to jog, but they'd often be running right behind the truck that's spraying all of these pesticides, inhaling all of these toxins. Like, it's not a good thing in any way, shape, or form for us or for the environment. Yeah. But literally, they portrayed her as someone who was causing people to die. Yeah. And if they would do that over a pesticide, what would they do over uh, such a cash cow as in, like... Fuel. Fuel. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's kind well, of a Coke scary thought. Any, uh, literally anything they can. <laughs> like. Exactly. And it's it's kind of scary. So 
But you've also got companies that are like trying to like rebrand. Like I think you mentioned it in the last episode with British Petroleum, right? BP changed their yeah. logo so it looks like that green sunshine. It's so fucking pretty. It looks so nice. <laughs> Yeah, but they they changed it, and um, around the same time, they tried to like change their slogan to "Beyond Petroleum," and they keep harping on this thing that they're like, you know, they're investing so much money and all this stuff into green energy, and like they're not just a fuel company; they they do like solar and wind and all of this stuff, right? And like they keep trying to super strongly emphasize that, but someone broke down the numbers. And, like, the amount that they were spending on things like that or, like, the amount of, like, energy actually generated from those sources was minuscule. It was, like, literally statistically insignificant. Like, they spend more on their, um, like, their advertising per year than they do on, like, actually looking into these things. Yeah, that's what they're trying to brand themselves as, this great So green I do not thing. have the numbers um, for British Petroleum. I do have the numbers for ExxonMobil. Would you okay. like to know... What percentage ExxonMobil puts to helping climate change? Sure. One percent. Yeah. But that one <laughs> percent lower than most other companies yeah. in the fucking oil industry. But that one percent, they're gonna take every little bit of it that looks good for public image and yep. use it to show no, like we're we're trying to be good when the reality it kind of goes back to the greenwashing. They are not, <laughs> you know, and it's it's honestly like really frustrating because like they've been doing this for decades now. Like it's, between active advertising, smear campaigns, offense. This actually really puts a lot. Speaking of like Exxon Mobil doing this shit too, it puts a lot back to that John Stewart interview we talked about on mm -hmm. Apple's. You know, the problem with with John Stewart. Um, and his interview with ExxonMobil really bothered me for that reason. It's just like, because there's a line that I think is really funny from the CEO of ExxonMobil, uh, which says, you know, you want to you make it sound like there's this big, bad boogeyman of like, and like that we're trying to, to stop it. And mm -hmm. John Stewart, I'm pretty sure goes, isn't there? <laughs> I'm like, the thing is. Exxon Mobil guy is like real upset about this, like this idea that he's being attacked. You mean the Shell guy, like whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, but you were, mm -hmm. but you did, like you genuinely were that big bad guy, and yeah. you were part of the group that is that big bad guy. Exactly, and um, I kind of forgot. There's something I was going to bring up there for a second, Sorry. but <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's been like a very specific targeted. I guess, endeavor. Yeah. And um, it's been undermining public opinion on everything. It's been effective so far at keeping, like, legislation from fully happening on a lot of things. Um, we're seeing a lot of harm happening because of these major decades-long campaigns. And um, with, with ExxonMobil... They're probably one of the bigger ones that people kind of complain at. Like, kind of going back to, like, this is just kind of me being a little annoyed. But I was reading I was reading something from NPR about the whole um, thing about California suing, you know, big oil, which, which I'll explain a little bit more about kind of what they're doing and why. But, well, we're kind of going over some of the why, but I'll, I'll explain a little bit more in depth. Because but, what's suing is more legal I'll than I'll say eating. what they're trying to do with it. That's the interesting part. I like my answer better. <laughs> but, um, oh, now I lost track of it again. Because you're keep trying <laughs> to get away from the idea. Anyway, that so we I was just listening to, or I was reading the, the article of NPR where they were talking to someone who's closely tied to like actual sciences, climate scientists, stuff like that. And they were asking him about um, the whole situation. And th their questions kept kind of really driving me nuts because they were like, oh, well, won't uh, Exxon just say this or won't they just say that? Or like, and the, or they'll say something like what, you know, Exxon would use as an argument. And the guy will just kind of, you know, break down the, the logic of it. Like, well, if this is the only things that they're falling back on in order to fight it, <laughs> you know, it shows that they have nothing to stand on. But at the very, very end. It said that they had reached out to ExxonMobil to get a statement about the situation. It kind of broke down what the statement which was, which was basically that um, it's going to cost the taxpayers a lot of money. People might lose their jobs. This is a waste of time and funds. And 
all baseless accusations, et cetera, et cetera, which again, it's been proven it's not like we have the proof, you know, and the things in their statement were exactly what she was asking. Every single thing she was asking was directly from the Exxon statement. And then they ended it fully with the Exxon statement. So the last thing you'll remember is them saying how expensive it's going to be for the taxpayers. And it's like, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Cause it was like one of the, like their live interviews, like a transcript of that, but it just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> I get it. You know, like, are you serious? You guys? <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, let's talk more about the California. Thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't know anything <laughs> about it besides those fucking companies. That's literally how far I got. And I was like, wait, wait, I know those companies. Yeah. Uh, and I started searching because for yeah. a fun fact for you, if you ever want to know if someone is a part of the American Petroleum Institute, you can just go to their website. They have an option for members, and you can just control F search that shit. Oh, and that is how I found out that all of those companies, well, actually Exxon and Petroleum, I already knew that. Uh, yeah. British Petroleum, I mean, I already knew those two, but Shell, Chevron, all of them, they are, the list is massive. Oh, I'm sure. But basically what they're doing is California is suing a lot of the big oil companies that we've already mentioned. Um, essentially, I kind of want to say for damages. So what they're saying is, you know, you have known that climate change is an issue. You knew it would cost the people a lot of money. You completely lied and misled the public about it. Those are all morally wrong. But for the sake of profit, you are costing other people stuff. Yeah. So what they're basically suing them for is, is it's like the, their end goal or like their hopes out of the, out of the lawsuit is kind of a, f- a few specific things, but for one admission of guilt, fun, a little bit of admission of guilt. Yeah. But definitely also funds. They want to make sure that they are very strongly penalizing them and kind of like re- requiring money from them um, in order to help the people of California. Yeah. So it might be, you know, maybe make sure people have access to better food and water, better, you know, if if farmers need help with their crops that aren't doing so well, or people lose homes due to floods or fires, or if people need air conditioning. Sounds a lot like a band-aid on it, though. A little bit, but part of it, too, is basically that they can't keep doing this. Not part of like. Yeah, so basically they're going to say, like, um that they're not allowed to keep doing what they're doing in California, both in terms of pollution, but also in terms of lying to people. And if California, which is like the fifth largest economy in the world does this, it could very well set the stage for multiple other places too. Cause this sounds like from what I understand, they're not the only state trying this kind of thing. Yeah. So if this happens in more states than that, or if whole governments start being like, oh, hey, you know, let's, let's yeah. get in on this, it might not, you know, be, I guess, the catch all, solve everything, everything's perfect kind of solution. But the idea is that it's a backdoor way to hold them accountable because, you know, we keep trying to do things through, um, I guess the standard like process of like legislation and you know the Senate and all that. Blah, the problem blah, blah. is we can't keep up. We can't. Yeah, we, we, we can't we, afford lobbyists. Exactly. We, we can't afford lobbyists. We can't keep up. We keep hitting freaking stalemates. Things are not happening how they're supposed to be happening. But if we sue the companies directly, we might see something out of it, and from there things might be able to progress further, especially as public support is increased. So um, I think it's going to be really intriguing just to see how this pans out long term and um, what ends up fully happening out of it. Because it might be a case where they are forced to start restructuring how they function as a company and how they communicate with the public. Like imagine if this becomes a case where it's like the tobacco industry. What if they are now required to put out things like against their own company? against their own profits, you know, like saying like, yeah, don't, don't use this, use electric or whatever kind of random thing they want to do. What if that happens out of it? You know, like it could really make some change. And I think it could be one of the faster ways at this point for what we have available to make something potentially happen. It has to happen. Exactly. Like, I know I say it a lot about eating the rich, but I genuinely mean it. 
Like, this is not going to be fixed yeah. unless we get them to stop what they're doing. Yeah, and they're going to be fined heavily for a lot of the things that they've been getting away the, with. So there is one flaw I see in this argument. Okay. Um, their penalties need to be very severe. And when I say very severe, I mean very severe. So for oh, they're talking example, billions. Oh, actually, this actually ties in because guess who's part owner of uh, ExxonMobil? Vanguard and BlackRock, two oh, yeah? of the world's largest hedge funds. Uh, and BlackRock is the one that has uh, that one guy who whistle blew and basically said, oh, no, they're literally behind closed doors talking about climate change and how to get rid of it, like how to cover it up. Like they are genuinely trying to push out propaganda mm-hmm. and greenwash it. However, the issue I have with the idea of it just being penalties goes back to companies like BlackRock. So BlackRock was fined for doing illegal shit on the stock market. They were fined $1 billion. Okay. Their company is worth $8 trillion. Oh, jeez. So I want to put this... Actually, sorry, I'm wrong. It wasn't $1 billion. It was $3 billion. I want you to put that in perspective for you. $1 trillion. Not $8 trillion. $1 trillion. Let's... Subtract that to $1,000. So $1,000, that's how much you have in the bank, right? Sure. Okay. No, I'm going to say that, right? So you have $1,000 in the bank. And I tell you, in order to have some dinner that I cook, that I work real hard on, that I made for myself, okay? You have to pay me three bucks. Are you going to be like, fuck you, what the hell? Why three whole dollars? No, you're going to be like, okay, here's three bucks. You have $1,000 in your bank account, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That is the equivalent we're talking. When we're talking about a trillion dollars and being fined billion dollars, that's just a price for business. And the problem I have with this idea that penalties will work is that hasn't worked for the stock market. The stock market is literally Ken Griffith, okay, the guy who's like in charge of one of the largest mm -hmm. uh, hedge funds in the world, Citadel, okay, and I can rant about them for hours has literally stated in an interview that those penalties are literally the cost of business. Because it doesn't stop them from doing it. They just budget that shit in like, oh, a couple million dollars for that. I just made 50 billion. All right, perfect. That sounds great to me. So I pulled up the exact notes from the government website of California of what they're asking the court to do with this lawsuit, right? Yeah. So they're wanting the oil companies to pay for the cost of their impact to the environment, human health, and Californians' livelihoods, and to help protect the state against the harms that climate change will cause in years to come, prohibit oil companies from engaging in further pollution and destruction of California communities and natural resources, levy financial penalties on big oil for lying to the public and order this industry to immediately stop its ongoing efforts to deceive or misinform about their catastrophic impacts and award punitive damages to the state to punish these companies for the misconduct. So that's kind of the four main prongs of like what they're hoping to get out of it. It is a lot. (laughs) Like they are expecting this to be be in the billions. Exactly. Like it could have a huge kind of like a, a rolling impact, I guess on a bunch of other people companies like other states can like other states can do this like you know like that that alone can be huge so it's hard to say what if anything will come of it but hopefully good but guaranteed until then we're gonna see a lot of anti um lawsuit propaganda oh i bet (laughs) yeah but i feel like that's a good stopping point for today yeah yeah um, like, I feel like we're going to talk about a lot more about some of these companies later. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> this is not the last time I'm going to fucking mention the goddamn Koch brothers. They're fucking... Or BlackRock. Oh, God, 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 God. fuck BlackRock. Uh, fuck BlackRock on literally every level. Like, they are one of the most terrifying and worst companies I've ever heard of. <laughs> All right, if we're done here, I only have one more question. Okay. What the fuck are we talking about next, Elena? <laughs> what is on the next episode of Capital Wasteland? <laughs> Bringing you the truth, no matter how bad it hurts. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for if I keep saying that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I kind of figured we talked quite a bit about farmers and the effects of climate change on farmers. And, you know, a lot of it's pretty straightforward, but we haven't really talked as much about the, I guess, the humanity side of, um, I guess, both climate change, but also 
environmental racism or anything like that. Um, I'm very intrigued on what environmental racism is. So that sounds like a good place to start. (laughs) Yeah. So I figure maybe we'll dig a little bit into some of the, I guess, more toxic things within the agricultural. Are we going to talk about Nestle? Maybe. We might talk about Nestle. Maybe. Yay. But this kind of goes back more towards like the pesticide use, maybe a little bit like child labor. (laughs) Fuck you, vegans. (laughs) All all that kind of stuff. Um, I I think we're going to have a lot we could potentially talk about. It's hard to say exactly what focus it will have, but we're going to start digging into into peoples and agriculture. I'm I'm down for this. No. In that case, we're done. Are we done? I think we're done. Pippin, start us off. What? Pippin! Really? (laughs) Pippin, sign us off. He wants that treat. <laughs> Kevin. Quiet. Kevin, sign us off. Alright, that's good enough. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> God damn, you're so. Ah, such an asshole. <laughs>